Danielle. And I'm Christopher. And we're the Friends Who Feast. Um, today we're going to talk about Burger King. And our love for Brittany and her current situation with her conservatorship. Oh, do you want to get into it? Let's get into it. All right. I'm so excited. So Burger King. When we first decided to do something like this, it was our mutual disgust <laughs> with Burger King. Burger King? <laughs> yes. Is trash. And that statement, really, my heart skipped a beat. Yep. I think I reached out to hold your hand. You did. And aggressively shook my head yes. And that's why this is the first episode of our podcast, because that's kind of what like sprung us forward into deciding to do this, like you said. And I remember us talking about how Burger King used to be like actually pretty decent, but like, why does it exist today? That's my question. Yeah, you said something like, how is Burger King still even around? And I laughed and I agreed with you because I was just thinking about that before, like a day or two before you brought it up. I passed a Burger King and I said, I really can't remember the last time I craved something from there. And whenever I would go, it was just disappointing. I was mad at myself for not going to Taco Bell. Yeah. Until the recent weeks, as we've been researching for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd really only been to Burger King maybe like three or four times in the past few years. Um, and it's just every time I went, it just was the order was either always wrong or it just wasn't. I can't even like find the right words. It just wasn't good. And I think it's disappointing. And like to quote Tyra Banks, we are rooting for you. What was it? <laughs> we are all rooting for you. Yeah. I was rooting for you. We are all rooting for you. Because I have to tell you this. When I was a child, I was a proud member of the BK Kids Club. They had a kids club? Um, yes. Every month for your birthday, you'd get like some coupons or some free like Burger King food items. That sounded weird. <laughs> but yeah, so basically Burger King food. You'd get like a little like crown or something for your birthday and it was a good time. I really enjoyed Burger King as a child. Can we talk about though? Like I had a complete opposite. Speaking yeah. of the crown, that King guy that was like the mascot for years might even still be. I don't know. Because I feel like he still pops up every now and then. <laughs> Put him out of his memory. At, yes. Yeah. Like absolutely creeped me out. <laughs> Every time I saw him, it was just the weirdest thing. It wasn't like a person, like a Ronald McDonald or like, you know, it was just this king with like this mask on. His lips didn't move and it was just like, he just had that Botox face. Yeah. So do you, are you referring to like, remember the wake up with the king commercial when, wasn't he like in the bed or something? Yeah. Like weird stuff like that. Like he was just a creeper. He was a pop culture moment for a bit though, wasn't he? Do you think he would be popular and, like, attractive for the brand in today's society? No, he needs to get, like, a TikTok or something and yeah. start dancing. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think just that man, that big man in plastic. Like, if we did if we did not know him from, like, a few years back, and he would just to be, like, pop on the scene, I would say, what kind, what kind of marketing is this? Terrible marketing. Yeah, because I don't even, I've never even thought about that man in years. That is the king. That is yeah. the Burger King, right? right? Yeah, a lot of the mascots, like, you think of, like, a Ronald McDonald. And, like, who who was the crew for, like, McDonald's? Uh, was, ooh, Grimace. Was, it oh, he, was, he the, was he the purple guy? That was the purple okay. one. Um, and then there was, like, a... Hamburglar. Okay. Um, now I'm getting confused with Chuck E. Cheese characters. Um, <laughs> the Fry people. I don't remember them. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> apparently, apparently we don't know that crew. But no. Ronald, I mean... Really, Ronald was the star, though. Yeah. You really don't need any any backup support. You think the court, the king needs his court? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The king's dead. He's gone. 
I mean, the, <laughs> Burger King needs to do something, though. And, and this is the question I have for people, is why do other people love it? Because, like, my mom loves a Whopper. Yes. Have you ever had a, have you ever had a Whopper, Danielle? I used to love a Whopper Junior with cheese cut in half. Disgusting. <gasps> really? Yes. Whoppers are, like, the bottom of the fast food sandwich chain, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a what, strong what about, it was just like, I, 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 okay. I don't know what to say. <laughs> a couple things, okay. okay? Their meat is disgusting. I've only had, like, one Whopper. In your whole life? Well, like, recently. Okay. Like, I've had, you know, them when I was younger or whatever, here you and there. You don't notice a difference? But, no, it's just it brought back that same gross feeling. But it's not just the meat. It's always just like always. You always get too much lettuce. It's always falling apart. It's always wet. They're, yeah, it's always wet. Their buns are just like mushy, and they're too way too many onions. Right? Their cheese tastes like plastic. And that is their star. <sighs> that is their star. That's, that's what you think of when you think of Burger King. Is you think of the Whopper. the Whopper. And I think that's why like fast food, or I guess you know like chains like you know like Five Guys or like you know places like that have mm-hmm. become so popular is because. In my opinion, most fast food burgers are gross. Like, I don't eat them. It's going to be hard to do this podcast then because I have some news to tell you. We're going to eat a lot of fast food burgers. Okay. Well, well I'm, you like I'm willing the sides, to try. It. Right? I, love, like, I love a good side. Like, yeah, like an appetizer. We'll make this Give me work. some good cheese sticks and I'm. I'm set. Well, when you, <laughs> when you said that your mom really loves the Whopper, loves Burger King. I said something to my stepdad recently, and I really think I broke his heart. I felt bad. I was like, oh, Burger King tastes so gross. I said, we're about to do this, you know, podcast episode about it. And his face kind of looked sad, like I really broke his heart. And he said, well, what did you get from there? And that was his question to me. What did you get from there? And I had to remember, you told me their new chicken sandwich is great. Their new chicken sandwich is great. I, I did try it. And, and it was good. you had a great experience with it. Yep. I would not put it up there with, you know, the, the kings of chicken sandwiches, you know, that's been in recent years, like Popeye's and Chick-fil-A has a very special place in my heart. Okay. Um, but it wasn't bad, I gotta say. It actually really surprised me. And I'm going to agree with you because I had to do a chicken sandwich redo because the first time I ordered it, I want to say it was about 90% sauce. It was the wow. wettest sandwich I've ever had in my mouth. Um, there's random pieces of bacon on it. Bacon? Yeah, bacon. And it it wasn't good. So I had to do a redo and that chicken sandwich was too dry. It was good. It was a lot better. Not enough sauce. But it was great. So it's like they... Did you go to the same location? The same one. That's so weird how it's just like... Totally different experiences. You never really know what you're going to get when you go out like that. But I feel like that's such a Burger King and Wendy's thing. McDonald's and Taco Bell are usually pretty consistent. That's true. I don't eat a lot of McDonald's, but I, I do love me some Taco Bell, as you know. Yes. 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 And I, I pretty much get like the same order every time. And I and I got to say, it's it's usually like copy paste for sure. Yeah. But it makes it makes it like a go-to. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you. Well, you brought Burger King over so graciously. I did. When you said you're in line for 30 minutes for Burger King, I felt really bad. So on my way over, I decided, you know, we're going to be talking about Burger King. I got a couple of sides because, you know, I love the sides. The original chicken sandwich, which I remember you saying 
um, you hadn't had in so many years. That was my favorite thing when I was little. I gotta say, the chicken sandwich does the original, the, the original, long one, that long yes, one, the original chicken sandwich. I usually add some cheese to mine and get it without the lettuce, but ooh, ooh. but but you know, I went just you know the plain way they do it. This morning, we cut it in half. We tried it. But I really wanted to surprise you. And it was just, it was a nightmare. Like, I know everywhere is short-staffed right now. But I, I literally sat in this line for 30 minutes. And there was one person in front of me. And the fact that you had to endure all of that for Burger King. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, I was late. No, but- I'm, uh, no but thank you. you. Well, you had a good reason. Because you stopped by and also surprised me with some gas station snacks. I did. Um, and some Burger King. So it was good. I mean, we needed ammunition because you brought some chicken nuggets over because when I went to Burger King last week, I know it sounds like we hate Burger King, but then we also go back a few times a week. But I swear to you guys, it was just for research. I probably won't go back again. Let's clarify. We don't go a few times a week. Thank yes. you for correcting me. Just to, just to feel it out, make sure that, you know, we're current with our feelings. Yeah, I don't, you know, like I said, I could have been a bitch and gave that chicken sandwich horrible ratings, but I wanted to be fair and try again. So what was your favorite thing about the chicken sandwich? The, the new, new one? Cris- yeah, the new the crispy chicken. Both. I want to hear about both. Okay. Well, the new one first, it was so juicy to me. It was crispy and juicy. The sauce. I wish the sauce would have been good if there was a decent amount. I like the sauce. It was a little peppery. Yeah. Like mayonnaise yes. based, but not overwhelming. Overwhelming, exactly. Um, and the pickles, ugh. The- I, I think I told you how I feel about those pickles. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like cucumbers. <laughs> okay. But I love pickles, so they have to be very well brined and brined for a while, right? And I don't like big, giant, you know, like really thick cut pickles, which I feel like are on that sandwich. That was my least favorite part of the sandwich is those pickles. Okay, so that knocked it down a few pegs for you. Couple pegs. Okay. No, I agree. Now, how do you feel about that original chicken sandwich that you brought over? Like a lot of things in my life, from when I was little, I used to like enjoy. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. I, that's just usually what I always got because it's simple. The nostalgia, probably because that's what my mom ordered for yeah. me—just you know, regular chicken sandwich. That taste, that yes, that nostalgia. It still is a reminder of that. It's not quite there. It doesn't. It's not like one hundred percent. Like I think a lot of places, and as you grow up, like things kind of go downhill a little bit. And it's just not the same as what you remember. That sandwich in particular, it's reminiscent, even though it doesn't quite hit the spot, it's still familiar. And I think that's important to have as like one safe bet for like every fast food place. And I have to agree with you. And I even asked, and you weren't too sure about it. When I was younger, I enjoyed the Italian chicken sandwich I'd with the marinara sauce and the cheese. That was my go-to. So I would love if that was on the menu. I would definitely try something like that. I want to see if it is. So yeah, overall, I agree with you. Like it, I do like the Whopper still, but I did not have a Whopper in my past few weeks. And I don't, again, I really don't want to make another trip. Now that we're done with this episode, I really don't want to. But I still enjoy, like I said, a Whopper Jr. with cheese. I will say, though, Burger King breakfast and then like Burger King when you go in the afternoon or like the evening is totally different. Burger King breakfast slaps Danielle. I love a good this croissant. This is shocking to me. Yes. It's like not even the same restaurant to me. I love a good croissant, like ham and cheese or get like a bacon and cheese. Mm-hmm. And they're always kind of flattened a little bit because yeah. they just throw them in the bag and it's just easy to eat. 
Um, it's soft. It's, it's a soft it is, sandwich. It is. You can eat it while you're. It's, it never work. feels like it's like you know just like been sitting there or anything like that. It might be because it's in the morning, right? But I feel like other places that you get breakfast from, it, it doesn't. It doesn't always hit the spot. One quick thing is that I always kind of cheat though. Okay. So I'm not a, a huge fan of Burger King's like tater tots. They're just very salty to me. Um, what about their French toast sticks? Yay or nay? It depends. I, I, I've gotten them a few times. I like It's not something I've gotten like a lot. But from what I remember, like if they're kind of soggy, I'm not down with it. But if they're like a nice like crispy. crispy firm, yeah. they can kind of hold their own weight. Yep. And they're, but their maple syrup is, I mean, all syrup is so sticky, but I just, I don't know. I just don't get them. I like their French toast sticks, but I don't, I don't really get them. I haven't had them in years. Well, I lied. I had them a few weeks ago when I tried Burger King breakfast. They were kind of limp, but I understand what you mean when they have to be the nice, right firmness. Yeah, we like them hard. So what I was going to say is I like to cheat sometimes and I go to Burger King and I'll get like, you know, a sandwich, mm-hmm. but that's all I'll get. I'll just get the one sandwich. And I, th- I always feel like I'm crazy because they're like, would you like anything to drink or would you like a side? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Then on my way home, there's a McDonald's on the corner. I'll go and I'll get a hash brown or two because you know that extra hash brown's like 56 cents. Is it? Yeah. What? Yeah. So if you get the extra, ha- if you order whatever and it has a hash brown, <laughs> you get extra hash browns. Yeah. But you know, with inflation and everything going on right now, it might be like a dollar, but but anywho, speaking of a dollar, I also get the drink. So I'll get like a Coke or something, you know, or like Ooh. a, I do like McDonald's coffee. I mean, it's not that bad. I used to not like, I'm an iced coffee fiend. That's one thing the pandemic's done to me is turn me into an iced coffee fiend. But uh, I don't, I didn't like McDonald's because it's like, you're thinking like, oh, McDonald's, like I'm going to go to Starbucks or I'm going to go to Dunkin'. I love mm-hmm. Dunkin'. But McDonald's coffee isn't bad. So I'll, so I'll kind of get both and I'll kind of like create my own meal. With Burger King being the star, though. Oh, but for sure. That is kind of sad that you can't have a complete breakfast at Burger King. Like you still want that's a good something point. else. That's a good point. You know, so I mean, as strong as that burger is, what does it say about your whole establishment that someone cannot get a whole fast food breakfast at your place? Are you listening? <laughs> Are you listening, King? <laughs> well, I like how you brought up, if I may. Um, about the nostalgia of it or like how it's something's kind of off and that's how I feel about Burger King and it's something like okay so let's say earth is destroyed okay (laughs) and you know human race mankind is trying to start again on Mars and people are trying to make some familiar comforts at home and it's like okay well we had restaurants Uh, what kind of places did people have a Burger King let's see what this is about it would be like them try to recreate Burger King here, but something's off. Like it looks like Burger King. It kind of tastes like Burger King. It must be Burger King. No, it's not. Something is not right with this Burger King. And it does not taste like how it used to. And it's my main concern. I feel like we're living in this post-apocalyptic world now and it's not the same BK from 10 years ago. Yeah, I feel that. I'm with you. I'm with you on Mars. I'm thinking like, hopefully. you know. Hopefully like, we're the lucky ones. Hopefully. <laughs> But I'm, I just imagine nothing left over, right? Other than just... Have you ever seen the movie Wally? Of course not. I don't see movies, no. What? No, I know. Okay. Sorry. So as you were explaining that, I was thinking about Wally, and it's basically the same kind of thing. Similar. They're not necessarily on Mars, but from what I remember... I haven't seen this movie in quite a few years, but, um, but from what I remember, 
like the human race on Earth, like Earth was not destroyed, but it was very desolate. Mm -hmm. And so humans were like living on this giant ship, probably like the size of the state of Texas, right? And everybody was so fat, like nobody was walking around. They were just had like these like bed things that like floated. And everybody was just, and that's how it was. And like the food and everything was just all processed and not real. And they had those elements of like what existed on earth, but like no longer exists. So like, that's kind of what I was feeling. Like like that's what I was imagining. So I I definitely think like, you know, I, I agree, like things change over time, but still have that still familiar feeling to them. Like I was talking about like the chicken sandwich, like it does taste different. It is different. It's a different experience, but like it's, it's just enough of the same to be able to like connect that dot. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just weird. It's again, it's just some, it's with all of their food though. I know you said you love their sides. Now I did love their Mac and Cheetos. Remember when they had had Mac and Cheetos and their cheesy tots? Okay. I I love. Okay. Okay. We got real serious. I love their cheesy tots. They're out. Every time I go, they're out. Yeah. I think it's like a seasonal thing, right? Probably. Why don't they just bring them back? Like that's I they feel should like that's bring a them back all the, time. all the time. I feel like a lot of places do that though. Like they have like this thing that everybody will flock to when they do have it, mm-hmm. but it's like it just doesn't. Why isn't it just on the menu? Like because you have to think like, do they make more money off of doing that for a couple months out of the year than they would just having having it on their menu the entire year? I don't know because I would go more often. If they had those, those cheesy tots were so good. I would go just for those. Yeah, me too. I mean, you go just for the breakfast sandwich, so why not just go just for the tots? Right. All right, so you've heard us voice our opinions on the king. The so-called king. The so-called king. But how about the princess, or should I say the queen of pop? I think that's deserving. You absolutely should say. Okay. So, Danielle, I actually brought... Some some notes for you. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. What our listeners don't know yet is that me and you are, or should I say you and I, are two of the biggest Britney stands I think this world has ever seen. Well, <laughs> your face looks very scary. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about what's, <laughs> what's coming next because I know where I stand. <laughs> I... Loved Britney growing up. I did. I did. I fell off here, there a few years back. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of devoted stands out there. Yes, I'm sitting next to one right now. I, I want what's best for her. Yes. We'll see. I mean, I think my evidence in my childhood bedroom would stay up, say otherwise. Like I was a complete stand. Yes, I've um, seen those pictures. And but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to panic you like that. No, no, no. So. I mean, but we both do have very strong opinions about Britney, yeah. and, we, and we, I feel like every time we're together, we talk about Britney. Even before this whole... Free Britney hashtag yeah, thing was going the, on. I mean, obviously the conservatorship's been around for a long time. We've talked about that even before, you know, recent times. We used to go out to celebrate her birthday. We did. Yeah. So... So maybe I am a stand. I feel... No, I I was giving you some pretty high praise there. I feel like you should take it. Because I... Like, I I know... I know your passion. And I know your love for her. And this is going to be my favorite part of this whole conversation. I have been preparing for this. I love talking about Britney. I am so excited. So I want to start off just by not even getting into what's going on right now. Right? I don't... 
because it's just so negative. We're all worried for her. I think people who aren't even really like that big of fans, you know, maybe the casual fan or everybody knows who Britney is. Right. And it's brought a lot of awareness through like the media. And obviously, you know, what was it like a month ago, you know, when she really spoke out and Mm -hmm. she's finally kind of taking charge. I think everybody collectively wants Britney to succeed and are concerned for her. But I want to talk about like the good moments what I will always hold dear to me about Britney and the, the times that made me happy. Danielle, I remember distinctly the first time I ever heard Baby One More Time. My mom and I were on our way to the grocery store. We were driving down the road while she was driving. I was in the passenger seat. And do you remember the old, what was the radio station? Like DR- DR- DRQ? Yes. yes. Oh, those were some times back in the 90s, right? Late 90s. I remember hearing that song for the very first time. And I distinctly remember thinking like, wow, I love this. I didn't know who she was. Like, I don't even know if they said, oh, hey, this is Britney Spears. Like, I don't even know. But I remember I was so obsessed that I made my mom buy me the cassette so that I could, the cassette, friends, so that I could listen to the Baby One More Time album. And I listened to it all the time. I listened to it through all of 1999. I just, that, that time in my life when I first learned of Britney, I just loved her. My mom thought I was insane. It was almost like an obsession, though. It was. In a good way. I mean, I, for a bit, too, I love the Spice Girls. But for me, the Spice Girls broke up, I think, right before I started getting, yeah, right around when I started to really get into them. So it was more so of the memory of them. And I couldn't comprehend why they broke up. I was really just into this really cool group. They made me happy. It ended. So Britney filled the biggest void that the Spice Girls left in my broken heart. And Britney made me so happy. Like you told about your first memory listening to her. I remember going to an NSYNC concert with my cousin and my mom. And I really wasn't like a huge NSYNC fan. But I, you know, I was invited to go. So I went. And Britney was the opening act for them. And I was so excited. It was just so cool to see someone who was a few years older than me just seem so accessible and so wholesome. And just that song, it was, I think, one of the most perfect pop songs ever written. It really was. In my opinion. There's so many songs that I, like, even now will listen to. And, you know, you hear, like, a song from the 90s and it brings back that nostalgia. But, like, I could listen to Baby One More Time every day, and it'll just still have that same... When it starts, ...gives me chills. Yeah, yeah it's just... It, it, it really was. And, it, like, obviously it changed pop music. Britney changed pop music. But, yeah, like, just... She was the biggest thing on the planet, and I remember, like, like every... Like, I used to buy the magazines, like, in the store. Like, the you know, the teen magazines mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just so that I could, like, see the pictures of Britney and, like, read about, like, what she was doing. And she was on all the award shows. She was performing every award show, you know, from the like, Teen Choice Awards to the big, like, the Grammys. MTV Music Awards, yeah. Billboard Awards. And, and, and all of her performances were so iconic. Obviously, there was the ones that, you know, were so iconic. You think back, you know, and as, as her career really, really got taking off, you know, with The Snake, with Slave For You... Uh, you know, the 2001 VMAs, the year before that with the... Oops, she, I did it again. Yeah, that sheer bodysuit. Satisfaction and then ripped it off. off. Yes. yes. Can I tell you something about that performance? Absolutely. Okay, so obviously this is way before you could go on YouTube the next day and watch that clip over and over again. 
when I tell you I was enchanted during that performance, so much so the next day I faked sick to not go into school so I could watch the rerun they would play the next day. And when I tell (laughs) you, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting and got so close to the TV. It was just, that's probably one of my favorite performances from her. It was. And that was like during like the height. And I want to say like obsession. I really feel like that was because what people, I think the average fan, I I feel like Britney's timeline is kind of weird. Even when I look back, it's like everything happened so quickly from the time that she arrived on the scene and it was like that baby girl like she she wasn't super like sexual you know Mm -hmm. but i think that performance was really the one where she because she tore it off and she really showed the world like this is who i am not like i'm this like sex symbol i think the media you know i think a lot of that happened separately but like i'm here i am a performer on her own terms on her own terms yes and so i mean that's super relevant to like what's going on today right like britney has always been the person who's always wanted to do things on her own terms. And I think back then it was just really tough because she did arrive on the scene so quickly and it just blew up. And you're not going to say no to stardom. And you're not going to really know if like the people around you have your best interest at heart. And her family didn't know. But fast forward after all these years, 20 plus years, and here we are today. She's in this conservatorship. We're hearing about it all the time. So I actually have some pretty strong feelings about this, and I've had conversations, and everybody that I've talked to is very, like, free Britney. She should be able to make her own choices, and I agree with that. But I have so many questions about why this happened, like, how this happened, and I just don't understand how somebody can be, not to get, like, on this serious moment, but, like, how she can't make all those decisions for herself. And that's what bugs me the most. I cannot wrap my head around the fact that she worked all those years and has had more success. And that's what I mean about the timeline is Britney has earned more money and has been more successful with all of her albums. She's had more albums. She's had more performances. That residency in Vegas alone. The residency, yes. Brought in so much almost money. 300 so lucrative. Shows. Yeah. And it, she's had more success during the last 13 years than when she was really like what people consider her prime. Brittany has been busting ass all this time, but you're telling me she can't make simple decisions about her life? But it really makes you wonder, if she was okay enough to go on residencies in Vegas and make her little appearances and stuff, like, that's why I thought things are fine. Because she was doing those shows, she released um, her last album, what, 2016? Yeah. It was, I like that album a lot. I really enjoyed it. one of her best. We'll talk, (laughs) I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, maybe we should do another episode just ranking Britney albums. I love that. Oh, my goodness. I would love that. Um, So I thought everything was fine. I thought she was a little bit, a little bit kooky. Like, who really runs her Instagram, which I still go back and forth on. Who really is in control of that? So this was all shocking to me. And I kind of felt, was I a part of this? Because I loved her so much as a kid. Was, was I feeding the beast? And the beast meaning like her, her management, her old team around her. Not necessarily. Yeah. Brittany. And we have to remember, she was 16 years old when she came on the scene. That's so young. And even before then, she was on the Mickey Mouse yeah, Club. Yeah, always working. Yeah, she was doing things. Like she was on Star Search. So she was performing. 
And, you know, whether it wasn't obviously like on this like world stage, but she was out there. She had these jobs as, as, you know, and before she was even a teenager, when she was very, very young. Miss American Dream since I was 17, she said. So, so who do you, who's to blame? Do you feel like? I feel like we're all complicit in a way. You know, I think obviously the media and just how society, I mean, just look at society today. Everybody has to pick people apart and... I think it's only gotten worse over time, but I know back then it's, you know, the tabloids were a big thing, you know, social media wasn't super prevalent. So like, you know, that type of media was what everybody was attracted to. An aggressive paparazzi. Making so much money. Like, and I get it, right? Like, because if I am somebody who works for this media company or like I sell my photos to the tabloids, right? Britney Spears is a picture of her just going to Starbucks I mean, type Britney Starbucks into Google and see how many, like, the girl can't even walk out of her house. You know, I'm I'm putting Britney, like, 2007, 2008. Like, she could not even do anything without somebody taking her picture. And so, like, and those were selling for God only knows how much money. Yeah. So it's like, like, I understand it in a way, but, like, as a consumer, right? Like, I think society in general, and I'm not saying, like, me individually or like anybody individually Mm -hmm. but as consumers right we're just part of that and i think it it just happened and i don't think you can really blame anybody but i do blame her team and i do blame the people around her because obviously you know britney as much as i love britney i'm very realistic with the fact that like she has had some tough times and you know, we talk about mental health so much, and I'm glad that we do in like today, like today in this day and age. She obviously has some things with her mental health. Who wouldn't? When you look back at her career mm-hmm. and where she's been, and like I said, you can't even walk. Like, imagine trying to like have a family, and you know, I don't blame her for doing a lot of the things she did. And at the time, maybe it seemed a lot like bigger. Oh my God, she's great! Like everybody, like almost wanted to see her fail. Because that's what, like, the headline was. And that's just really disappointing. But, like, I, I, I blame the people around her for letting it happen and escalate to that, that degree. Yeah. Like, why not have more security around her? It was just such an invasion of privacy. I remember she'd be going into a CVS or something. And there'd be six or seven paparazzi running after her. So close in her personal space. And, and if you, you watch some of those videos, she's like, don't touch me. Like, mm-hmm. get away from me. And and you could see her aggression start to come out. Because, like, what are you supposed to do? And they start do? to poke more. You know, like, so you They weren't them... protecting her. No. But you'd hear, like, you could see and hear the agitation in her voice. And even those moments for me when I was younger, like, oh, wow, she doesn't seem as nice as I thought. But that's me being, gosh, back then, 20 years old, thinking that. And how old was she? Maybe 26 back then? Mm-hmm. Still so young. And of course, like, who wouldn't be like that? Danielle, I think you know I love attention, but that would break me. That would break anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I understand why, I guess, you would have a little bit of a, a breakdown, but I'm with you. Like, who, why didn't anyone step in, step in? And I think when her dad took over as that role, that protector, conservatorship role, I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, oh, that's her dad. Who else would would help her? Yeah, Who I didn't really even know about way? it. Like, I didn't really. I guess I didn't understand what a conservatorship was. Neither, yeah, neither did I. And I didn't realize that it was so. I didn't, there's two kinds of conservatorships. There's over your fi- like financial and making those decisions, which I understand. If you're a mega pop superstar, 
you know, you're, you're going to need the right people around you to protect, you know, your, your, maybe your spending and all that. Right. Like if I had the kind of money that she had at that age, I would probably be out like just buying random shit too. Like, so I understand like, like that maybe, you know, as you said at the time, maybe Brittany needed some of this assistance, right? The world kind of watched her kind of break down. Like who wouldn't, I think we can both agree that like she went through some stuff. Was that enough to like put her in you know this temporary situation with her conservatorship? Maybe, right? But it's been 13 years, and Danielle, I have some statistics for you, and I want to get your reaction. I've I'm actually so excited for this. I like researched this because okay. I remember it ha- all happening, but going back and looking at it, this is why I have so many questions. So, the conservatorship started in 2008, and when you really think about it, she never stopped working. She had her public breakdown, and almost right away, September 2008, the VMAs, remember when they did, it was part of that documentary, but when she came out and introduced the VMAs, and everybody said that was like her return to the spotlight, Mm -hmm. and kind of like her rebranding, that was only a few months after her dad took over as a conservator. I remember that because I was looking at her extensions in her hair. Yes. Sorry, I know the sore yes, subject, but I, I remember know. that night. She looked good, though. She did look good. She did look good. So the circus tour was announced just a few months later, December 2008. 97 shows. Femme Fatale announced March 2011. 79 shows. The Peace of Me residency from 2014 to 2017. 248 shows. Wow. I... Didn't realize that she, I, I remember she did like a piece of me like tour, like over in like Europe and some other yeah. countries. I didn't realize she did some North American shows too, but all together between the live and concert piece of me tours in, no, in North America, Europe, and then some other international countries, it was 42 shows. So when you think about it, that's 466 shows that she performed, which is more than she performed prior to her conservatorship. Wow. million, upwards of $400 million were made box office out of all of these shows. Isn't that insane? It's insane in the fact that, you know, if she would not have done Vegas, I think she still had the capacity. She probably could have, like like a Beyonce, like her money would have been in touring. She always had a built-in audience. Even though I only went to go see her once. We can talk about that some other episode. I've seen her... Technically twice, but I only remember the one time. I, have not, I wish I would have seen, but I don't know. I, I, going back, I wish I would have seen her like maybe in 2011, 2013, but when I've been contributing to something I didn't know about. Right. But, oh, wow. Yeah. I saw oh, her, wow. I saw her at the Michigan State Fair when she opened for 98 Degrees, but I didn't, like, that was like when I didn't even really, like, know her super well. And I probably heard, maybe that wasn't the first time I heard Baby One More Time, Danielle. Now that I think about it. Now that I put those puzzle shocking. pieces together. Yes. So I don't even like really remember. Um, but I did go to the circus tour, which was the first tour right after all of this happened. And so was I complicit in that? And seeing her like then, and you just look at, let's be honest, Brittany wasn't, I don't think anybody, you know, argues that Brittany was like the best performer best singer right but she was a really good performer yes she was a great dancer she put on a great show you go back and look at some of her earlier tours they were 
fantastic. They would like hold their own today. But around that time, you look at like I remember like the circus tour and even like Femme Fatale tour, like she was still putting on a good show. But like her dancing and I think her physical just appearance just started changing after, around like 2011, 2012. And so now when there's all these accusations of like her being drugged and body double. Yeah, like well, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Yeah, I mean I've heard I've heard I've heard the conspiracies, but I mean <laughs> Like, there's just so many things. And some other things, too. Like, in 2014, she had hair care products in a grocery store in England that I guess were very successful. There were two apps that you could download. I remember playing them. It was, like, Be Britney's Friend and yes, You Like Matter. Yeah. Um, her perfume line, I, oh, I think, is probably okay. her second biggest, other than, like, her actual Steady performing source career. source of income. Yeah. So, her, per- her sixth perfume was released January 2008 before her conservatorship. Six. Can you guess... How many perfumes the Elizabeth Arden line of, like, the Britney perfumes have released since January 2008, her sixth one, to now? Like, what number of perfume she's on? I'm going to say 17. No. She has released 25 Are perfumes. Are you kidding me? 25? 25 perfumes. What? All under this conservatorship. And the Britney brand has earned over $3 billion. Stop. And and they say she's only worth sixty million now. Maybe at the time all of this first happened, that's what I'm saying. Is she has had such a successful career? She has worked. She has. I mean, she did the X Factor. She did a bunch of TV appearances. How I Met Your Mother was only in March 2008 when the conservatorship was just beginning. It doesn't make sense to me. And I think the bottom line that I'm getting at is I'm, I don't know how to wrap my head around the fact that if she was this, I don't want to say crazy. Right, but that's what they're saying. If she was this Un- say unstable, unstable yeah. and she cannot make the choices to have a family and like use her own money the way she wants to, see her kids when she yeah. wants. If she really needed help and she was really in that bad of a place, why didn't they give her a few years off to actually get the help she needed instead of working her right away and everybody profiting off of her? Everybody's on her payroll, right? We, we hear about these stories about like her family being on her payroll and like obviously her dad is making money off of her. That is a conflict of interest, and I think that 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 needs to be examined. Um, But I digress from that. Like, Jamie Spears, I think everybody knows what kind of person he is, and I think it's very obvious. But what I will say is, you know, fast-forwarding to now, like, there's so many questions that, whether you're a Britney fan or not, I think need to be asked, because she never got the help she needed. And now we're hearing these things about like, oh, well, we, we, we put her in these places and we gave her these medications. But like, how are you doing that while also working her to death? And like, that's my biggest concern. I think things are going to change because people are talking about it now. Like, thank goodness. Well, you and I have both seen these signs for years and yes. we've talked about them. Right. But now I feel like the world is seeing it. And so I expect some changes and hopefully they come very soon. <laughs> I that was just... great. No, I loved it. I really feel like you gave me a TED Talk on the whole Britney thing. I, I appreciate it. I mean, it's one thing because we talk about her so casually, like in our everyday life. But to really just see you just come alive, it really... Yeah. Oh, gosh. Because deep down, I want the best for her. I loved her so much back then. Yes. I I always want the best for her. And I still can't believe she's still only 39. It seems like this has taken a toll on her, like in the worst type of way. Now, do you think this? I, I don't want to get on a sad subject. Do you think she's ever going to tour, perform again? 
I hope she does because I think she loves performing and she's talked about that. Like when she's on stage and she's doing what she loves to do and she's having fun and she can do it her way under her like artistic vision. Yes. Right. I think that would be good for her before that ever happens though. I think she does need help. Um, I think she needs the proper help. I think she needs to be surrounded by the right people. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, some sort of conservatorship still makes sense as far as, you know, certain areas of her life as a huge pop star that she is. And But I, I do hope that eventually she can do what she loves if she chooses to. Now, if she doesn't... I'm fine with that. I, I have so both. many beautiful memories that we'll talk about in another episode. <laughs> I'm excited to hear them. I'm excited to really share our experience growing up with Britney. Like, I think, again, like, it's a whole another episode we can just talk about. Yes. I mean, the first three albums. Yes. Back to back to back. All the making, like, the making the videos on MTV. She oh. owned those. Yes. I remember just staying up to watch, though, just everything. Britney, if you hear this... <laughs> Um, we love you, and um, we hope you never step your bare feet in a Burger King in the future. Absolutely. Danielle, that brings us to the end of our episode. That was fun. It was so much fun. All right, I look forward to doing this again. So everybody out there who's listening, thank you for listening. I know both of us have talked about, like, we've told some friends and family, and so just quick shout out to all those amazing supporters who, you know, are anticipating this and now listening. You know who you are, so thank you so much for supporting us. And to all of our new listeners, thank you so much for listening. Please join the conversation on our social media, Twitter at Friends Who Feast, and on Instagram and Facebook at Friends Who Feast Pod. Until next time, we're the Friends Who Feast. Bye. Bye. Bye.